Welcome back to The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes, where I ask two published authors about their favourite tropes and the ones that make them want to cry. Um, you know The Hunger Games? And yeah. how I do know The, the Hunger cat- Games. I've heard of it. Yeah, you do know them. Yeah. <laughs> that little, that Essentially, what the Dursleys do to him is not parenting, it's child abuse. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. <laughs> just, uh, man's playing a bit too nanny. It's fine. Uh, where- <laughs> it might be familiar to you. <laughs> Not as fun though, is it? <laughs> Tragic, isn't it? Super depressing. It isn't Neville. It's just not. It's never going to be him. Yeah, Neville. Just, she shouldn't have done that. Stop trying to make Neville happen. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? A little mute thing. And then I moved around the Yeti mic and I was like, oh, oh. it's literally there. And we figured it out. Time. Am I recording? We're recording. Great. It's time to go back to the tier list. Fun. And um, we'll be adding all of the previous nine tropes that we've discussed from season two, uh, which we chose um, mostly because we wanted to have like a theme to the season and the theme was romance tropes. Um, That, of course, did not stop us um, taking them widely out of romance and applying them to all (laughs) sorts of situations and, and films and arcs and characters and things like that. So... Um, the tropes that we will be adding to the list are slow burn romance, enemies to lovers, fake dating, grumpy and sunshine, forbidden love, opposites attract, miscommunication, stalking as romance, and forced proximity. Wonderful. Let's let's start off with season two, episode one, the slow burn romance. Um, mm. quick recap. I didn't really. It's sort of in the name. Um, a romance where. It, it takes, you know, a, a longer journey. It's not a quick, um, hot, fiery romance. It's one that takes its time and it kind of builds towards uh, a fun resolution. Where on the scale of S, A, B, C, D, or in Naomi's case, one to five, <laughs> did we? Did you guys put this? Naomi, what number did you assign to this in the inappropriate um, scale? I assigned it a two. And then I realized that's probably like a C. So. I'm giving it a C and my reasons for that are because um whilst it is the most relatable to real life and probably one of the healthiest types of romance out there mm-hmm. um I'm personally too impatient for it <laughs> um and if it's not grabbing me I will read the end of the book to see if it's worth continuing um so anything that makes me want to do that I think is not high up on my list is the conclusion there that the worst possible thing would be a slow burn romance that doesn't resolve how you want it to. Yes. Like La La Land, mm. we discussed this. We? <laughs> <laughs> we did discuss in the episode, yeah. And was it one day as well where it doesn't they don't actually end up together? No, they oh, don't. Yeah. That's one that I decided not to watch in the end, so thanks for that. <laughs> or was it a book? Sorry, is it a book? It's both. It's both. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, both. I what do you think, Melissa? As someone who has written this, uh it is it is uh my love life in the apocalypse is i think i think we all agree that is a slow burn romance yeah um i the problem with this trope is if you take it in isolation i do Mm -hmm. totally agree with naomi like Mm -hmm. if nothing else is happening it's quite annoying but the reason i don't mind it and quite like it in sci-fi fantasy settings is there's loads of other stuff going on that is more important and it's more of a b-plot the slow yeah. burn romance so then i don't mind it because i kind of don't want them to get together too quickly because there's lots of crazy stuff happening and there could be a more interesting way that they develop as characters before they get together so i don't mind waiting but anything like when it's contemporary like we were talking about with um one day etc it does annoy me 
So mm-hmm. I probably put it in C as a standalone, maybe B as a B plot, literally as a B plot. Um, but I wouldn't huh. put it in D because it's not toxic. No, so I don't, no, like, I agree. It. Yeah, it's quite healthy, really. Yeah. I, I, yeah, for me, I think because it's healthy. And also I feel like you say, it's kind of par for the course. Like if romance isn't the main driver, yeah. like most of the things I read, which is a lot of fantasy, sci-fi, romance is always a B plot and slow burn is in, in those kinds of situations, actually, I would say superior to like a very fast acting romance because there is so much else going on. And if the romance was very quick, you would kind of be like, wait, th- this is happening. That all happened very quickly, but this is also happening. And then the world's about to end, but they're just hooking up real quick. And it's like, <laughs> Slow Burn works really well when the stakes are sort of all elsewhere. Yes. So, I mean, I I, I feel like C is a bit rough. Yeah, um, that's why I said kind of B. Just for comparison, we're putting other things that we put in C, bad, badass female characters, Killing mentors and love triangles. Uh-oh. Yeah. Maybe it should be in. I feel like purely because it's healthier. Yeah. And, it's, and it is. And it, it's, its issue is that it's often boring. Like by itself, it's boring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think it's such, a, it's such an easy staple that for me, it would be a B. Yeah. I think that's fair. I'm sticking with C, but I'm happy to be overruled. <laughs> C plus. That's not the right attitude for this. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so Melissa... B or C? I would put it in B if I'm allowed to have it as a B plot, if that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. If we're thinking of it just as a trope and not necessarily as the whole plot, then it would be a B. Yeah. Are we happy to put it in B then? I'll allow it. I'll allow she'll it. allow it. She'll let, she'll let this one slide. She's currying, <laughs> she's currying favor for a later one where she's going to be like, no, I'm going to put my foot down. <laughs> okay. So it's a B. So it is, and I think this is fitting. It's alongside prophecies and chosen ones. Mm-hmm. another sort yeah. of par for the course yeah that one i think has a lot more variance involved because it can be very bad but it can also be interesting um let's get on to the second one enemies to lovers melissa go ahead tell us <gasps> what you think this is i think such an interesting one. Oh, no. oh it's so good i love <laughs> enemies to lovers um i'm trying to think because we did romance tropes this season and i love romance tropes i'm trying not to put too many at the top that are like fun however enemies to lovers it's like my favorite of all the romance tropes and i'm actually starting to as i look at the tier list edge it into s tier i can't even lie i love it (laughs) oh god it's so good like i just love how it feels like you can have all the tension of will they won't they but Mm -hmm. without bothering to stretch it out over a really long time and if you're going to have your a plot as further to the front especially in like ya and stuff enemies to lovers is always the most fun one especially Mm -hmm. in fantasy when they're like fighting each other and stuff there's like yeah. literal physical fights. Obviously, in real life, don't do that. <laughs> love. Don't, no, don't, don't beat each other up. But I love it in a book. So, oh, I don't know. Between A and S, I'm really struggling to, you know. I'd be interested what Naomi says. Uh, I love it. I, I think it's a, it's a solid A. Nice. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree. It's, it's got such good uh, tension. It's just, it's great bands usually lends itself really nicely to yes, it does create great bands <laughs> the best quotes are from those yeah exactly and it's just you know i love that idea that um they they start off arguing and then they just become little battles of who can win and it's just fun yeah so it's a solid a from me yeah i think that's i think that's totally fair uh, uh, I, what did i say to you jamie about a work in progress you have that 
Yeah. There was a lot of bands. Pantasaurus yeah. Rex and the Archbishop of Banterbury just yeah. having it out. And I was like, yes, put it that in was my face. Literally verbatim a comment that Melissa wrote on my manuscript. Archbishop <laughs> <laughs> of in my veins. Um, yes. Oh, love well, it. Well, now I've been exposed as I am actually writing this trope. And but <laughs> I do also now feel the need to, since you both went, you've both made me be the villain here. <laughs> I feel the need to play devil's advocate and say, but this can cause some really problematic setups. And like those traits can, people can kind of gloss over them pretty comfortably and romanticize things where you're like, mm, no, that's like physical violence is <laughs> not good. Oh, what? So. Oh. You're so vanilla, Jamie. <laughs> I know. I had to do it. Re- realistically, to read, to like enjoy, and as an enjoyer, I would put this in S tier. I like it's my favorite romance trope, enemies yeah. to lovers. I love it. That like the when it all comes together at the end, I'm just yeah. like, oh, this is this is perfection. It's just the best. Um, but it, it translates horribly to real life. <laughs> yeah it just doesn't it, work in real life in this it's like the opposite of the slow burn romance where we're like it's it's very realistic and it's very healthy in real life and it's a kind of a good thing to encourage where it's like take your time don't just jump into something this is yeah. like uh, to be fair you can do slow burn enemies to lovers that's something you can do it doesn't have to be super quick yeah you have the that's range true. there but i i don't know it, some of it I can think of instances where it's so good and, but it, de- I think it almost depends on the enemy relationship. So like we talked about, um, Amy and Jake in Brooklyn nine, nine and their enemies, it, it's more rivals to lovers. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the subsection. Of, and I think that one is much more healthy when it's like two people who have been trying to kill each other for a long time. And then they're suddenly like, wait, I wanted to kiss you this whole time. I was trying to stab you. <laughs> And there's so a part no, of me that's, that's like, that's still okay. That's the best bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Taking myself out of it, Im- fully immersed in whatever this like insane fantasy novel that I'm reading is. Uh, I'd be like, yes, this is what I always wanted as a fan. But yeah. then I'm like, it's so unrealistic. And also, and you know, if one of you hadn't like, if you'd fought worse, one of you might have just killed the other one. And this moment would have been very different. But they would never do that, Jamie, because, you know, they're just playing. <laughs> um knives don't th- actually hurt people like you know well not in books um unless it's a george rr R. martin book that's true yeah i don't for me i so as a reader as an enjoyer i would put it in an s hands down i feel like trying to be as objective as possible and knowing that people do have a real big issue with a lot of these and some of these are written in such a way where it's like oh he slammed me against the wall and then like started choking me and it's like why is this romantic um, I want to read it. <laughs> Where did you find this book? For research purposes. Research purposes Is only. It on Amazon. Um, <laughs> that's fine as a kink if it if it's like been consented to. Yeah. Um, and we'll get on to fake dating and like manuscripts and documents signed by each party member. But <laughs> that's like when they're like actually fighting, and then it somehow blurs into romance, like. I'm thinking of if someone's like young and impressionable and they're like, oh, like when you see online, you see these kind of thirst tweets after, mm. um, you know, Melissa, because you love uh, Shadow and Bone and you know <laughs> who you'd choose in that. And um, <laughs> this was, was this the one where we talked about the Damon Defense League? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I'm always in the Damon Defense League. We have to work overtime most days. It's, <laughs> it's a very busy job, full time. 
right? <laughs> and but you, I hope, have the wherewithal to know that that's not healthy. And like, if you ever met Damon in real life, you would run through the hills. I might tell him off because of how he treated his knee slash wife in one uh. scene where there was a little little pushy push, little push push. You know, okay, fine, no little push push. I understand where you're coming from, but the rest of the time. He's just working through his feelings. It's a very difficult time, okay? His brother has just died. <laughs> there was feelings involved, okay? Okay. <laughs> Cut him some slack. Demon Defense League never sleeps. Never yes, sleeps. very true. <laughs> okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the, the, the poo-pooer, and I'm going to say this is B, but only because it's problematic. Whoa. B is rogue. B think, feels like an alarm's going off in my head. I think but, but this is what I'm saying you. is like, I'm being objective and I'm trying to look at it from the pr- problematic as a writing standpoint. <laughs> and I, like the problem, it, it can be really problematic, but it's so fun. And when it's done well, it's so good. Making it A tier? I think it's an A. <laughs> so, so yeah, if, if Melissa, you were saying A slash S and yeah. Naomi is saying A, it'll be, it'll end up in A tier. Yeah. yeah. Which I think is, which I think is fair. Uh, Yeah, I think it's. I think it airs too on the problematic side to be Esther. Fine, but if this was a fun tier list, Esther all day. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, all day long. Great, let's do another one. So I'm not the villain anymore. Fake (laughs) dating. Um, I can Mm. go. I'll I'll start with this one. Um, Yeah, go for it. Fake dating. I think it's. uh, I think it's great. I actually really like, I realized when we were talking about it, I think when I went into it, I was like, eh, fake dating. So like naff. So it's very cliche. Don't get me wrong. But I think when we talked about it, I was like, you know what? This is actually a really fun trope. Like, because this, the, I mean, it's, and it's often high school or like work related stuff or wedding related stuff. Um, and when we were talking about it, I was like, the fun thing about it is that it's realistic enough and unrealistic enough for you to be like, this would never happen. But at the same time, it's not like there's like magic or like crazy science or superpowers involved. Like it could happen, but it would, it just wouldn't, you know what I mean? And I think there's that, that part of it where I'm like, this is fun. And it's always done, almost always done in like comedies, um, occasion i think like bridgerton was an example we had when it wasn't strictly a comedy yeah in a, in a, in a feature. yeah but that that again that's like a that was like a class system pressure like from families and things like that um for me and i feel like this is rogue i would put it as an a i think it's that fun it? <laughs> <laughs> it's incredibly rogue <laughs> I'm I'm mixing I'm mixing it up this season. I know you I was in silence for a minute there. That took me a second to actually process what you said. Did I put I fake dating above yeah. and enemies to lovers? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So I I disagree, and I'll tell you why. I thought you um, might. Don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. <laughs> <laughs> you're just trying to create conversation. I see what you're That's doing. That's it. Yeah, um, I'm going to create now. <laughs> I know what um, I'm doing. <laughs> so I, I've been thinking about this one and um, I think I've changed my mind on it. I'm actually... I'm actually not as convinced this is great as, as I thought it was. I think okay. um, 
a lot of the time I was, I was trying to think about what I've seen it in, what I've read it in. And I think a lot of the time it's an A story and it's usually a romance. Yeah. It's usually a right. rom-com. And I Good think um, that doesn't, like that doesn't really interest me, but I recognize there's a lot of scope to play with it. Um, and it, it kind of feels like a recipe more than like a trope in the sense that you can put different characters, different situations into the, into the, into the recipe. And it turns out like a new story every time. But, um, I, it's still, because it's usually an A story, it's just, it doesn't grab me. And I think I need something else. Um, so that is why I want mm-hmm. it to be a C, maybe a B. <gasps> okay. <laughs> so. <laughs> Maybe. C, C or B. Wh- which one are you leaning more to? I'm leaning more towards C because I think actually okay. it just doesn't really interest me. Okay. Let's put it like here for now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Melissa, once again, you, you, you have lots of power with where this one ends up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't mind it but I've found it's only work sometimes for me that I'm actually bothered about it. Like if, you know, like when people make those pictures that you see on Twitter and stuff where they put little arrows coming out of a book and say all the tropes that are in it. If Mm. the main one people like, oh, it's fake dating would not make me pick it up. However, I have conversely enjoyed things in a very silly way that have fake dating in them. Like lots of 90s movies, even like more modern stuff like um, To All the Boys and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Like I do enjoy the fake dating elements and I did enjoy watching those films. Therefore, I actually think it's a B because I also think it's not very toxic. Like most of the time, as you were saying, a lot of the time it's in a comedy or something. It doesn't excite me. It wouldn't like draw me towards it. However, I don't mind it. Yeah. And it can make some really fun scenes. And there's often, um, we're talking about like consent just now, enemies to lovers. Yeah. But there's often, there's a surprising num- amount of documentation or like uh, like handshake agreements and things that go on in fake dating, which, are, yeah. which you kind of yeah. like, right? You kind of it feels like it. an equal power balance as well. Yeah, between that's the, true. As, uh, let's be honest, mostly between the boy and the girl, most of the things I'm thinking of are like straight comedies. It's quite nice to see an equal power balance between yeah. both genders. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. They both point. have something they want, right? And that's why they're doing it. So they're both kind of in it for the same reasons, which are quite like. Yeah, I think that's a very fair and rational way of putting it. it you've, wouldn't, you've convinced um, me. I like the way you've approached it, where you've said like, it's not something that it's not something that pulls me into a book. Uh, it, I won't pick it up because it's fake dating, but yeah. I've, yeah, me, I've, I don't think I've ever watched something where I've been like, oh, this sucks because of the fake dating. Yeah, that's true. You don't hate it. Yeah. yeah. That's never, that's never been a reason for me to be like, oh no. It, it's, it's definitely one you go into knowing what you're going to get. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, the yeah, beats yeah. that that plot particularly is going to have when they realize they like each other actually and then it all falls apart and then they get back together, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. so. And I think even when they don't get together, like speaking of House of the Dragon, in House of the Dragon, <laughs> there's a fake dating storyline between a gay prince and a princess who get married so that she can like be his um, like cover for him and like pretend that he's obviously not gay. And I quite liked that friendship that they developed. So even though it didn't end up with them being together romantically, it was a really nice friendship. And there's like a big twisty thing that she does for him, which is quite nice, which I won't say because it is quite recent, House of the Dragon. Um, Yeah, so I quite like it. Um, But I don't like love it and I wouldn't flock to it, no. Yeah. So middle of the road. We wouldn't go seeking it, but not really any problem with it when it it comes up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I think, yeah, I think B's, B's very further. Um, next up, Grumpy and Sunshine. Mm. Naomi, what you got? Well, um, this, this one is problematic for me, I think. Really? Yes. Wow. Okay. Um, I think too often grumpiness is framed as complexity and it's not, there's not really any reason for the guy to be grumpy. And it Mm. is usually the fact, it is usually the guy that's grumpy. And usually it's the the woman that is a sunshiny people pleaser of a person. And Mm. I just think she would be better off putting her energy and time into someone else. (laughs) Um, and it's almost like it's almost like she has to convince him and has to win him over and I just I don't know it just feels unhealthy to me so uh, it's a D from me wow (laughs) shots fired I thought I was being controversial this episode (laughs) a D you put it with forced motherhood I do just because someone is a bit of a grumpy arsehole does not mean they are complex and have real character I just Um, I'm in physical pain. I'm in physical pain. <laughs> that was a real trigger for you, Naomi. <laughs> it was, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, let me jump, let me jump right into to, to the defense of Grumpy and Sunshine. And I do think what you said is very valid. And I think that also goes beyond this trope. Uh, because sometimes like characters are just grumpy and like there's no like it's not a grumpy and sunshine thing there is just a character like within an ensemble that is grumpy and that is written as ooh, look how deep and complex they are yeah um like uh edward in twilight (laughs) you know um but and and because even though we started from the point of this will be romance tropes when you take this out of the romance trope i do think there's like really great stuff here when you look um i think one of you two brought up wreck it ralph and i think wreck it ralph is 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 really well done and and he's grumpy because he's well he's going to like villain therapy uh but he's like he's like he's seen as the villain but he doesn't he, he's like he just wants to be a nice person but he has to be the villain and mm-hmm. no one likes him because of that and that's why he's grumpy and she's well she's just like a sugar person but that, that's a friendship though isn't it that's not a romance it's not a romance no but so the, i think but, as a friendship you're right that works a lot yeah. better yeah platonically and the, the other one i was going to say is um the last of us uh, mm-hmm. and again it's like they both of those things there's like full justifications for why the grumpy person is grumpy i know it's both the men and the 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 women in both of those situations is um the sunshine one but Mm -hmm. there is justification for both of them in fact i think in that one in last of us ellie's in quotes like sunshineness is is almost like a cover for all of the trauma that she has yeah and that's where it gets really three-dimensional and i like that but that is not common no uh yeah no and as a romance trope yeah i mean it's a shame that we don't see more in reverse where the the woman is a grumpy one and the 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 man is the sunshine. It would be interesting mm-hmm. to see how that played out more. But for me, this one, um, I kind of posed it as as like a this is just like a a, a good um, way to put two characters who who, who are going to clash together. Um, you know, you if you have someone who's like um, very low key and someone who's very like high energy. It, it's always going to cause like an interesting interaction or no interaction mm. at all. So for mm. me, it's very much like, a, I actually had it like somewhere between A and B. Um, <gasps> no. 
No um, way. Because I think it's just like you, I, I'm looking at it from, to be fair, I'm looking at it largely from a platonic point of view. Like if you had an ensemble cast and two of the characters are like sort of are annoyed by each other because one's really like upbeat and one's really downbeat. And that's like a fun dynamic. And then you can have other characters around them who like just kind of circulate around that environment. And like, you can, you can derive comedy from it. You can also derive like very powerful emotional scenes from it. I think it, I think it's pretty good, but I, I do, I do concede it does generally lean male grumpy, female manic pixel. Like if I, if I had a friend come to me and she was like, oh, I really like this guy and I knew what he was like, I'd be like, don't waste your time. Like, there is literally no point in hanging around for him to change his mind because why, why <laughs> oh <God>. would you? <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Wow. That's powerful. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to stick to uh, a, a sort of high B with this. Yeah. No so, way. So we're in like a high B D. I can't believe you don't think it's toxic. Nope. Wow. Not like, well, it's not like en- enemies to lovers, which we put in A. Yeah, this is so toxic. Oh my god! I don't know. Maybe I'm just coming from it from a point of like, it. I I don't know. I when I read a book, I want to read a a complex character, and Mm -hmm. it's just that is not complexity, and I just think it's too easy to just put people into that. What about ten things I hate about you? What? What about Nick and Jess from New Girl? They're both girls who are like girls. Yeah. Oh right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know, like, I was like, Nick's a boy. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Nick's a boy. I don't know. I just I think they both work and are very funny and like charming. I don't know. And then also in my fan fiction of Wednesday and Edith from Wednesday <laughs> on Netflix, uh, they definitely get together. I, but they're like really good, grumpy and sunshine. Especially like their whole like the aesthetic of it is the television sense of them yeah. being grumpy and sunshine and how they learn from each other. That's what I like about grumpy and sunshine is them learning from each other. The I only, love it. The only reason they learn from each other, though, is because the people pleaser won't give up. It's not the fact that the grumpy person is willing to change. It's just the Edith fact that they're, pest- they're pestered into it. Edith and leaves the room. <laughs> I, do, I just, I don't think that, I don't so think that's growth. It. That's not growth, though. Like, you, they need to come to like an actual realization, and I just think they're kind of like pestered into it. They're like, I just, I don't know. I would. The interesting thing about the Wednesday one, I think, is because. Um, Wednesday, um, I know it's the Adams family and it's kind of like, well, they're just the Adams family. That's how they are. Yeah. But like, there is no justification for why Wednesday, Wednesday is the way she is. Yeah. They're just like, no, that's how she is. And I actually think it works in that situation, but that might just be because of the context with like, we, we all know the Adams family from like, for, for like, it, it's been around for decades. Mm-hmm. So we kind of just know, but I would say, yeah, if you didn't know about the Adams family and you just watched that. Mm. you'd be like why is she like that <laughs> you know what that's I mean? funny it doesn't make any sense <laughs> is this yeah is this a generational thing am i old is this what people are <laughs> is this is this old age <laughs> <laughs> okay so melissa where are you gonna put it i would have put it in a <gasps> wow i really like it <laughs> um a. I, yeah i i wouldn't have minded it in a to be honest um I think that means it ends up in B. Yeah. Which is probably where it should be. Everything's B. This is the most vanilla season of all time. Everything's B. (laughs) (laughs) Except the spicy one we put in A. 
Um, of course. Okay. Next up, Forbidden Love. Melissa, I'll I'll let you be controversial and put this somewhere insane. This <laughs> okay, Forbidden Love. Um, it's not my favorite, mm-hmm. and I would put it further down the list. Would I put it in D? D feels rogue. However, B is a very full category, and I'm looking at the other stuff clear, in D. Yeah, look at the stuff in D, and that's that's <laughs> currently in D. We have Mary Sue, Gary Stu, and Forced Motherhood. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'd probably put it in C. Then it's not. It's. I think it, the problem is it's such an old trope, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. obviously, you go all the way back. Everyone thinks of like Romeo and Juliet. Like, yeah. blah, blah. it wasn't even the first, obviously, but yeah. it's one of the most famous, very early ones, hundreds of years old, and people are just like, "Yeah, it's Romeo and Juliet. It's a retelling of Romeo and Juliet." Blah blah blah. And it's such an it's such an annoying story, Romeo and Juliet. So it, it irritates <laughs> me, and I think maybe that's the problem. It like permeates into every other forbidden love story because it has to be referenced somehow. Like Twilight, love it. Oh my gosh, it's like an, it's wedged into every corner she reads it for like two years at school for some reason i don't know what the school is she's not going to college anyway i don't know why we're pretending she is um so it's not really my favorite because i just a lot of the time i've never really read one where they have a really good reason for the love to be forbidden like i've never read one where there's a good reason for it mm-hmm. so it's either prejudice which kind of fatigues me a bit like, oh, okay, sure. it's prejudice. Like, it's re- like, for instance, fantasy racism or something where they're different species or whatever. Yeah. Or it's just something really dumb. Like, in, to be honest, Romeo and Juliet, we're like, but our cousins don't like each other. So, yeah, our great <laughs> okay. grandfathers great. had an argument like 50 years ago. And I now we. My, hate I bit each my other. Th- thumb at you, sir. So, don't. <laughs> it's not happening. That's a great but, uh, line, okay. to be fair. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's not my favorite. No, see. See. Mm-hmm. Naomi, um, fake relationship. Oh, sorry, no, no pro- forbidden love. Forbidden love. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, I'm reading the wrong line on my notepad. Um, <laughs> so I agree. Um, there's one aspect of it that I do really like, and that's a class divide. I do like um, rich person and poor person. I think that's really great. But <laughs> too often, it's either incest or, oh, yeah. um, oh, or yeah. like <laughs> a, a professor and a student. And I just uh, think yeah. Um, yeah. it's it's too and it's too problematic. I just think it's mm. it's either a C or a D. Oh, I'm so glad we're friends again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we can be friends again because um, we talked about this in the episode. There's like a whole taboo yep. section that we kind of stopped on the edge and, and glanced in, but didn't want to dare go any further. Yeah, uh, which is yeah dangerous. I, counterpoint. I, I I'm not. I, to be honest, I'm not. I pretty much agree with everything you guys said, but I do think it works. And um, similar to, it can be fun with like class divides. Um, I think it works really well in something like Brokeback Mountain, where it's a, a satire about a political situation or like... Um, yeah, that was a really good one. I think it works. I think it can work really well if you can justify it in a real world situation. Right. Yeah. Or like, or you have your sci-fi slash fantasy metaphor to be hitting hard. Yeah, like it, it works well in uh, Carnival Row that we talked about. Last <laughs> week. Carnival Row. But that's fantasy racism. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's true. Yeah, I think Brokeback Mountain is probably the best example of this. And but, but that's, how rare is that? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, you know, Brokeback Mountain did it so well. It's sort of like you don't need to make that. You don't need to do that story again. 
Yeah, yeah. that's we, true. It, it, just, it will probably just be like a slightly alternate retelling of that same story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the other thing is um, when you bring it back down to the basics, which is forbidden, uh, the Romeo and Juliet, it's just kind of boring. Yeah, <laughs> yeah this is my main problem. This is with the greatest it. crime of all. They already want to be together. <laughs> yeah. Boring. So where's the tension? <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, it was C as well. I think we're all pretty much unanimous on the C. I don't yeah. think it's um, problematic. If it was no. problematic, I would put it in D. Do you know, I I think it is problematic though from the sense that a lot of the time it's a student with a professor. That's yeah, there are problematic true. times. Oh, that and, is if, such and if we go a taboo popular, with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I think C. Yeah. I think, you, I think at that point you're choosing to make it problematic then. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I mean, wish you can do with anything, can't you? Yeah. You're like, mm, how could I make this horrible age gap work? <laughs> <laughs> like, what I don't hate it. It's not lazy. I'm looking at Gary Stew and Mary Stew and Force Motherhood, and I feel like they're both not only problematic every single time, but lazy storytelling techniques. I don't feel like that about Forbidden Love. I mean, so. it's, yeah. It's, for me, it's kind of, bo- it's just kind of boring. And it might yeah. just be because we've, we've all been playing out various iterations of Romeo and Juliet for the last like hundreds yeah. of years. Um, <laughs> but like you said, it, like Twilight references it way too many times. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Okay, C. C it is. Um, I think, to be honest, alongside badass female characters, that's pretty okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm okay with it. Badass female characters actually almost ended up in D. I can't remember who saved it. I think, yeah, one of you (laughs) saved it. I think it was Malava. Yeah. About representation. Like it was because you can have male characters that are just unnecessarily badass. Yeah, so I can't women. Yes. That's such a good point. Feminism. Um, (laughs) Hashtag feminism. (laughs) Next one up, Opposites Attract. Um, mm. I have this, it, wait, did I, my notes say S tier, but now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, did I really want this in S tier? <laughs> Too late. Uh, you said it now. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll stick to my, I'll, I'll die on this yeah. hill. Um, how am I going to argue this? Uh, you know what? Opposite track. This shouldn't be an S tier. <laughs> Opposite track should be an S tier because, um, it's really interesting. This is, to be honest, it's, it's the essay. it's the meta genre of Grumpy and Sunshine. Like Grumpy yeah. and Sunshine is within Opposites Attract. Opposites Attract is the bigger version of that where you can just do a lot more with it. It's a lot more flexible. Yeah. Um, I This is the lowest of S tiers. This should be an A tier. This, I'm, I'm going to change on the fly. It's A tier <laughs> because I think it's just so flexible. And Opposites Attract is always interesting as long, like if, if it's a well-written narrative, if the arc works well, both characters... Uh, it's about them growing and then realizing that there is this middle ground between them. Um, I think there's a nice kind of, you know, we're all human in the end angle to to, to it. Mm. It can be done badly. Um, and I'm looking at the little icon I've made for it on the tier list and I'm seeing Greece. And I remember that it was done <laughs> badly in Greece where he was like, oh, I'm just going to like wear this Letterman jacket for 10 seconds until I oh, see that, yeah, that was she has just... She's just Changes changed everything. into me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she's she's gonna become my thing. Oh, that's cool. I didn't. I just get rid of this thing. I'll just be me. I don't need to change. <laughs> yeah, you have to meet yeah. halfway, right? I think when it's done well and they meet halfway, it's a really nice uh, thing because like relationships and love are compromised, and it, it's a really great way of uh, demonstrating compromise in with with characters and a story. Yeah. So I'm gonna put it in A, despite my radical s to initial opening 
Um, who wants to go next? Who will uh, fight me? I, I will. I will not be fighting you. I actually agree with you. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> I, I was edging to S tier as well. So okay. Um, but yeah, I have um, this. This for me is the uh, non-lazy, complex version of Grumpy and Sunshine, which is why I like it so much more because it just has so much more scope and it has uh, so much more reason behind it. Um, and you know, I have an absolute obsession at the moment with Mulder and Scully. So <laughs> it's, Ongoing. it's it's an A it's bordering S for me. Okay, mm. Melissa. Yeah. I'd put it in S tier. I think we should put it in S tier. Yeah, I do. I think it should there be in S tier. This is being, this is being, I'm being persuaded. I just can't think in. of any time I've not enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah. if somebody isn't an opposite and they're like getting together, so they're like, oh, they're so similar. Wow, how boring. How much I do not want them to get together now. Oh my God, can you imagine <laughs> so reading a romance? <laughs> they're exactly the same. Oh, yeah, just yeah, the yeah. same person. How boring. I would be so bored. Whenever there's a love triangle, there's always like one boy who's like the best friend who has loads in common with them. <laughs> boring, no chemistry. And the one that they have nothing in common with perfect yes yes bring me that one bring me that bring, one bring me someone who challenges me yeah exactly, exactly. yeah it's what, the it's great what about the love triangle in the hunger games i was trying to think which one of, they're both kind of vanilla though they well, don't really have Peter's that much personality definitely the opposite of her and gail is not because her and gail are really angry really hard-faced they're like described in the book as looking so similar with like how they hold their facial expressions that people think that they're cousins or brother and sister which is okay, a bit weird because he's in the, the triangle <laughs> um and obviously they both want like violence that solve everything with violence and then she's persuaded by peter to like not go down the violent route and he represents obviously trying to talk oh, to people okay. and compromise and she's not that at all she is like no yeah. compromise no surrender and they learn don't they from each other and it's nice and were uh, you team peter that whole time <laughs> the baker's boy yes obviously <laughs> never the prim reaper <laughs> <laughs> he's got mad cake skills to be fair that's a like a tree. Plus. yeah, yeah. <laughs> some patisserie skills let's go <laughs> can hide me in the yeah, forest. Yeah, you'd never be in short supply of a disguise. You're fine. It's the perfect <laughs> introvert's boyfriend. You just play me into You could play mad games of hide and seek. <laughs> like go on for weeks. Perfect. Yeah, no, I love it. You know what? I, the reason I love it is I feel quite calm about it. Like Helpless Window Death was like, oh, emotion. I love it so much, which is the other one in S tier. Oh, it's like but a drug, Helpless Window It death. is like oh, a drug. It. Whereas Opposites Attract is like, ah, oh, yes give it me ah oh, yes yeah. i just i really it feels like i'm doing yoga and i feel really relaxed and happy i love it, it feels like i'm doing yoga <laughs> yeah okay mm. okay this tier list is looking wilder by the minute um <laughs> <laughs> next one uh i think is going to be pretty cut and dry it's miscommunication um <laughs> i think i probably just hover it in d yeah uh, it's going to be a d from me guys same <laughs> yeah Oh, it's so annoying. It annoys me so much. It's just After the beauty of opposites attract. Bleh. Of all of the, of all of the tropes, and we, we, uh, we were talking about fake dating earlier, and and I, I don't feel like I've ever read or watched something and been like, oh, not fake dating again. Probably because you know it's going to be fake dating going in, but yeah. miscommunication is just like, oh, this is this is the worst, and then it happens yeah. like on a television show or whatever that you're watching you're reading it halfway through a book and you're like why yeah. why is this happening yeah mm. this could be solved in two seconds yeah nothing more annoying than something can be solved in two seconds not being yeah. solved and when we talked about it and then we and then we were like oh this is literally uh 
the whole problem with Frozen and the trolls completely miscommunicating to the Elsa and Anna's parents. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I was like, great. So you literally ruined their Just lives. Terrified everyone. Brilliant. And got and potentially got the, her parents killed because they went on the boat because they were going to try and talk to someone to, to figure out how to help her. Yeah, Just, exactly. Um, and you think to yourself, like, it would be fine if they always looking. spoke in riddles. But later on in the film, we spend quite a lot of time with the trolls. Yeah. And they don't speak in riddles then. They're quite yeah. strict when they're telling what's his face, like, you must marry her. He's a great husband. And they're like, oh, okay, you're talk, straight talking now, aren't you? Where was this earlier? <laughs> yeah, when they're like, oh, she's engaged. It's fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Where's your riddle, friend? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just so... It jumps out at you as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. As soon as it happens and you're like, no. As it starts to happen, you're like, oh no, please, please tell me you haven't just misheard that and you're just never going to ask for no particular reason. Nope, that's exactly what's happened. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Or, it starts to make me cross. Or they start playing the the thing where they just um, talk about someone as a pronoun and I'm, and I'm like, oh, why the aren't you saying game. the name? Yeah. Like, what's going on? Just, <laughs> just tell them. <laughs> I hate it. It's so annoying. It, the only time it's funny, I think, is in Frasier. <laughs> <laughs> Frasier really own this trope and they do it really, really well. But yeah. um yeah, that's every 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 other time. If it's not Frasier, it doesn't work. Is that when that's oh, like, it's a like class in most episodes? Um, yeah. Maybe, but also it's like, like the difference between how Fraser perceives language and like <clears> what he <throat> his understanding of his interpretation of things versus like it's usually Daphne, right? Yeah, sometimes, but a lot oh, of times no. him and his dad as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they just, like, don't communicate properly, either because, like, they never learn how or just because they're men, I don't know. <laughs> like, All of they the just, above. You know, and, um, but they, they create quite funny comedic situations um, where they're, like, tiptoeing around each other trying not to, I don't know, have the actual conversation they need to, but it's funny. But, yeah, yeah. Um, I think a lot of sitcoms do that. Yeah, exactly. But like generally, if, if your entire plot or tension can be resolved by having a single conversation, then, you know, yeah. you ain't got a book. Yeah. Uh, atonement. Atonement. <clears throat> <laughs> the worst one of all. Lives were lost. Several lives Several, were yeah. lost. Yeah, crazy. Because, yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, to be fair, like she was young, but someone else should have been like, let's address the situation let's speak to everyone let's actually be reasonable yeah. here hey guys mm. this this is a small child who's quite petulant most of the time shall we yes. maybe just check <laughs> she knew what she's talking so about irritating it makes you dislike <laughs> characters as well right because it's like why are you yeah. being an idiot why aren't you just asking the person the thing yeah this can be resolved so easily uh Dita, stay there yeah um Let's get on to another one, which I think is going to be very cut and dry. Stalking is romance. <laughs> yes. Just no discussion needed, really. Um, it just can't. Where it belongs. Yeah, it can't really be good ever. It's so bad. I, I don't mind it when the stalker is actually a psycho like Joe Goldberg. Um, yeah, when it's played yeah. as... So the only two, but they're not even doing the trope because like they're actively showing, they're not, they're not showing the stalking as romance, right? They're showing the stalking as horrific Yeah, exactly. Stalking. Exactly. Like yeah. um, Joe Goldberg would be the serious one and then the silly one would be um, my crazy ex-girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and they both are, they both are very aware of how bad the trope is. Yeah. So it's different. Mm-hmm. And the, the danger is things like The Notebook where yeah. they're romanticizing oh it God. or like The Great Gatsby. Where yeah. it's like so romanticized. 
mm-hmm. that then I guess, you know, if you, if someone's impressionable, they'll interact with that kind of story and, and think, oh, I have to like do these, do like just constantly keep chasing and pestering this person and do big romantic gestures. And eventually yes. they'll, eventually they'll, they'll give up. Yeah. Eventually, yeah, eventually they'll break. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem, isn't it? It translates to a real life thing that could, people could actually try and do. Oh, no. you know, yeah. When they say don't try this at home and most things, it's like, please, I don't mm. have a trampoline that's suspended in the air 25 feet. So I can't try this at home. <laughs> However, that is definitely one people could try at home if they read mm-hmm. or see enough of it. That's the thing. Yeah. And when, when you're celebrating things like the notebook or, or the great Gatsby, uh, well, and like many, many more than yes, two up on top of my head, it, it's kind of like, Oh, that this is romance. You know, people have told me that yeah. this is romance. Yeah. I'll do too. To do yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, easy, easy peasy. Uh, nothing yeah. more to say on that one. I mean, it's mm-hmm. yeah. If there was an eater, it'd be in there. Um, <laughs> final one of the season uh this is an interesting one forced proximity um mm. melissa you take it away give us a starting I, point i i'm gonna start with saying i know it can have toxic elements for instance i think we talked about 50 shades of gray and how he has a special bedroom he keeps her in and he doesn't let her be on her own ever even when she goes to visit her mom and he just like turns up in the bar oh, yeah, and then tells her off that. for drinking which i don't like but actually I quite like false proximity. I quite like, you know, one bed trope like falls into this and all those things where it's always fun where when it's false proximity because of essentially it's the end point of stalking for romance. Okay, you've kidnapped somebody, kept them in your house. (laughs) Obviously that is not fun. Like no one likes Stockholm Syndrome. However, I do quite like it when it's false proximity, but in terms of accidental false proximity, like we're trapped in a lift um, or so we have to talk to each other or there's only one bed or whatever. Like then I really like it. Like I don't see any problems when it's circumstance has trapped them together. So they have to be, they're forced to have some sort of conversation or work mm-hmm. through their emotions. I absolutely love it. So yeah. because I can see it's like got some problematic bits, but I really, really like it otherwise. And it is the sort of thing that if I saw it and somebody said there's false proximity in this book, it would attract me towards that book. I put it in A. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> We're friends Perfect. again now, I told you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I like it. I mean, yeah. the we, when we did talk about, as you say, like it, as a conclusion to stalking is romance, everything is going to be bad. Yeah. Like, it's the, the, the ultimate one there between these two is that, is it 365 days is called? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> actually kidnaps her. Yeah. And like, li- like it's, yeah, it's just a super intense, hardcore version of Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I think it's fun. I, I also put it in A. Um, ah, it's nice. It's like we were saying, like I was saying with like op- opposites attract, it's like just you're going to create fun co- conflict with characters because it's, they don't want to be next to each other. Like obviously it's forced proximity. It's not just proximity. It's yeah. proximity that would not happen otherwise. So yeah. you're mm-hmm. often going to get interesting situations from that. Um, and it also works really well platonically. This is like yes. every buddy cop um yeah movie um lots of like forced team ups and things yeah Uh, yeah i guess the avengers to some degree in the mcu they don't like in the early avengers movies they don't like each other a lot of them like captain america and iron man argue all the time in the first avengers movie we all fall out, don't and we? sort of foster. It's also post-apocalyptic. I think we talked about this in the episode, but like mm-hmm. that, it really leads to really nice things. I think like found family. If you're forced together in a situation, especially a life or death situation, which is always the most fun element of any fiction, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, anything else to add, Naomi? 
Uh, it lends itself really nicely to sci-fi, which is like yes, really underrated yeah. genre. What did we so. What did we decide? And uh, in trains, it's oh, all yeah. so much of it. It's just if people are on trains, <laughs> just think <laughs> and spaceships. Yeah, trains and spaceships. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think like, it just fucks with. Yeah, everyone loves a train. Oh. Murder on the Orient Express. Can we just put train Speed. in S tier, please? Trains, just trains. Just I trains. like trains. Yeah. <laughs> Does your movie involve a train? Uh, it's S tier. There are some good train stuff. Uh, was it yeah. Snowpiercer? That's pretty good train I stuff. I love Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer yeah. is weird. It's, that's why I love it. Have you watched, <laughs> but have you watched the movie or the TV show? Both. I watched the movie. The movie is, and the movie uh, terrified me, so I never movie's watched not great show. the TV show. <laughs> yes, well, it's got Chris Evans in it. Excuse me, the movie does not Daddy have an Diggs entire it, train card just for theatre kids to perform in. And that is why the TV show is superior. Oh, uh, that's Thanks what for Classic. I'm surprised it managed to get a whole season out of that. Like, it didn't feel like there was much <laughs> more season. to there it. There were several seasons. It's running for multiple seasons. No, me <laughs> Yeah, they've brought in new characters. Oh, come listen, on. Listen, listen, right. If David Diggs is there and there's theatre kids on a tram, like on a train, <laughs> in the apocalypse, why are you not watching it? That's my question. <laughs> <laughs> what, is, what are you doing oh. with your life? Yeah, yeah you know what? No. <laughs> but sorry, I've taken us on a massive... <laughs> you could say I changed track. Nice. Let's look at looking at the tier list now. Yeah. Looking at the ones that we had in before. Um, is there anything that you guys were looking at it now would would kind of revisit? I mean, mm. we all know Helpless Window Deaths is the goat, and I yeah. would watch. I would watch an hour of Helpless Window Deaths. I'll <laughs> yeah. just go on YouTube and watch montages of them. Um, Grumpy and Sunshine should be in D tier. <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I think detail is fine. Stalking is romance. You put that, you put it down there. <laughs> I absolutely would. That is the hill I will die on. Hey, look, what we can do is we can order this in terms of like how, how good they are. So like Grumpy and Sunshine yeah, is the true. lowest of beta for, yeah. for, fine. for Naomi's push. Yeah, that's fair. I think fine. stalking is romance has to be the lowest in detail. Yeah, it's awful. Yes. This is just lazy. That was just plain dangerous. should be at the top of detail. Oh, I mean, compared to the oh, other yeah, ones. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that's fair, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The bar was not high, so. <laughs> it, was bet- it was basically between Mary Sue and, and yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, they're all so bad. <laughs> Dieter is so awful. Yeah, Dieter, that's why it's got the eyes emoji on it. Um, <laughs> what do we think about, okay, C tier. Killing Mentors should be at the top of this, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, I feel like she killing mentors maybe just lost out on being in B tier. I'm really sad about Love Triangle because Love Triangle for me is S tier, as you know from when we had it on the episode, and I was very very S-tier. upset. <laughs> they were taken away from me. <laughs> absolutely furious. Let's 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 look into Love Triangles again. Well, you got Naomi. your own back, didn't you? You're gonna be sunshine. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi, what do you think? Love Triangles. You think happy happy in C? Uh, I think it should stay in C. In fact, I might move it down. Yeah. <laughs> Don't well, be spiteful, Naomi. <laughs> Unless it's putting it else, I don't think it can go down. <laughs> um, yeah, love triangles. Fine. I think it's fine in C. I would be tempted to say Killing Mentors can go up to B. I just don't think it's exciting enough to be in B. It's like no. it happens all Although the time. Although B is middle of yeah. the road, I guess. Oh, so we've got fair slow enough. Burn in B. Yeah. And then Love Triangles will be top of C, right? I said right? slow burn should be C. <laughs> no one listens to me. <laughs> Wait, so what did we have? So Burn is in B. I, I think me and Melissa both said B and you yeah. said C. Okay, so okay. it should be lower in... Lower in B, okay. But not as yeah. low as Grumpy and Sunshine. No, no, that should definitely be low. <laughs> as low as possible. 
fake dating. Yeah, that's probably okay. And prophecies are kind of fine. Prophecies is okay. I guess, I guess, because of the matter of storytelling, and like you, you always know what's going to happen. Pretty much, I'm sure there's somewhere that subverted it. But fake dating, you kind of always know what's going to happen. It kind Mm -hmm. of is a prophecy. (laughs) In some ways, it's a prophecy we knew all along. (laughs) <laughs> they will get together. Yeah, because as soon as you're into it, you're like, okay, so these two are going to fall in love. Yeah. <laughs> That's the prophecy. True. I feel like this is just being a writer prophecy. You know every yeah, yeah, single yeah, plot. Yeah, true. <laughs> oh, I've seen this plot before. Yeah. <laughs> They'll die at the end. Let me just spoil it for everyone who isn't a writer <laughs> in the room. Ate <laughs> um, it. What we're looking here. Unreliable. I don't know if unreliable narrators should be at the top of A. Um, uh, probably not at the top. I would no, probably put force proximity at the top. Yeah, I really like force proximity. Mm-hmm. So I'd be happy to put that at the top. What else have we got in there? Orphans. Uh, oh, enemies orphans. to lovers. Should it? Should that at least be second? Enemy lovers is really good. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh. Then orphans. Then unreliable narrators. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was going to say unreliable narrators is probably punching a bit here. Yeah, I think maybe I was a bit overexcited. Or I haven't just. <laughs> <laughs> Classic Naomi, always promoting her own book. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, not sorry. I think I think Unreliable Narrators could, like, I feel like it's under risk maybe next season of getting pushed into beta. Uh-oh. Yeah, I think that's probably fair. But I'll wait for them. Like, <laughs> maybe I'll have written another one. I feel like for now we lived another day. One of my friends had a whole speech uh, about how he doesn't like Name of the Wind because he thinks the unreliable narrator is a crutch for like bad continuity, oh. which is a really interesting take. I thought. Oh, that is interesting. I wonder is that why he's not written the third one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, it's like I have to stop being unreliable. It's like uh, present day. Now. <laughs> I have to make things add up, and it's like uh. it's, it's going to have to make sense. <laughs> Deliver answers and. <laughs> I think that's good. I'm looking it out. I'm happy with it. Mm-hmm. I think yep. we're on the right track. I'm. I think it's hilarious that we now that I'm thinking about it. It's hilarious that we only had helpless window deaths as the ST trope. It's such a like niche trope. It's <laughs> really funny. It's the best one. That's it's why it's so, so good. It is the best one. It is so inoffensive. Should like we read them out or not? So hard to do it wrong. Yeah, let's read it out. So S tier, we mm-hmm. have helpless window deaths. The goat <laughs> for some reason, <laughs> uh, and opposites attract. Um, A tier. We have forced proximity, then enemies to lovers, orphans and absentee parents, and unreliable narrators. B tier, we have prophecies and chosen ones, fake dating, slow burn romance, and grumpy and sunshine. Then C tier, we have killing mentors, love triangles, badass female characters, and forbidden love, right at the bottom of C tier there. Um, and then D, which is the not good, don't do it, guys. Miscommunication, um, <laughs> Mary Sue and Gary Stu, forced motherhood, and uh, of course, everyone's favourite stalking is romance. <laughs> and that's it. That's the that's a wrap on the season two Yay. tier list. I'll post some pictures online so everyone can see it. Awesome. Thanks for putting up with our nonsense for another episode. To stay tuned to everything we're up to, you can follow the podcast on all socials at The Chosen Tropes. Follow Melissa at Meliva, Naomi at Naomi G. Writes, and Jamie at Jamie X. Greenwood. Don't forget to check out Naomi and Melissa's books, as well as the Right and Wrong podcast. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next trope.